Let's do it. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Blockchain Gaming World, episode 88. We are creeping slowly towards <laughs> triple figures. It might take us, I don't know how long. Um, too much other stuff going on. Uh, I'm John Jordan and joining me this uh, week for the, the fourth time we've worked out. Um, uh, so the, <laughs> rising to the top of the leaderboard for uh, for invited guests, we've got Gabby. Hi Gabby, how's it going? It is for the record. I think so, I think so. I think there are, there are a few people I've spoken to three times and there's a few on the list who... I think you may be joined by other people on four in the near future, but I think you are the first to, to hit four. <laughs> nice. it, it goes to show how old I am in this space. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen it all, haven't we? We've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> how, how could we forget the uh, the the the, uh, the Irish pub in Dubai? That was a that was a classic. <laughs> that was very enjoyable. It was actually that was a nice one. Yeah, was actually, that was the first video cast. That was the, that was the first experiment with video. Yeah. But um, yeah, a long time ago now. Things have changed. Thank goodness. Um, so you're very involved in uh, blockchain gaming and and more generally in blockchain, which we may kind of uh, kind of cover. Uh, but to begin with, at least, I kind of thought uh, it'd be a good time to catch up again, particularly because your involvement with uh, Yield Guild, which I have problems saying, Yield Guild. <laughs> so, um, so, do you want to just yeah, explain? Explain what is Yield Guild? Y Yield Guild, or you can just call it YGG. I think that's, that's YGT. Uh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Yield Guild is uh, basically a play-to-earn gaming guild. So we are a guild of people in the same way like there's a World of Warcraft guild or, yeah, but, uh, but these group of people are organized around playing play-to-earn games. So games wherein people can play games and basically earn uh, money or in this particular case, uh, crypto. So the, uh, the, the experience started from, uh, from the community of Axie Infinity because you could uh, you could play uh, Axie Infinity in multiplayer and earn the uh, the SLP token, right? Um, and yeah, and from there, uh, th th we had an incredible experience last year during the lockdown where so many people were uh, basically saved by uh, Axie uh, play SLP that um, I thought it was something that we could organize around and do in a scalable manner. So um, I, I pitched the idea, gathered a couple of co-founders, and uh, in around late November, Yield Guild was born. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's kind of dig into this this a, li a little bit. So um, the people who don't know, you're, you're based in the Philippines, and uh, there, there was quite mm -hmm. good coverage of about what was happening with Axie Infinity and the Small Love Potion. Uh, the pricing of, of that had some very interesting dynamics, which weren't really anything to do with you, but allowed, I guess, allowed that that play to earn thing to kind of kickstart. So. But I presume this is, although probably there's a lot of people in the Philippines who are part of this, because that's the community you kind of kicked it off with. It, is this open to everyone? How do yeah. people get involved? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. We uh, we have people from around the world. There are people in America, in Europe, around Southeast Asia. A lot of the numbers are apart from Philippines, like Indonesia. Okay. We're seeing Venezuela, mm. Brazil, a little bit of Morocco. And a lot of the, I guess, my friends from the blockchain and NFT space that I've, I've kind of dragged along into, yeah. uh, into our Discord server. So we're actually nearing 4,000 people now in, in the Discord server. Wow. And uh, yeah, we are uh, basically gathered to play in different games. So apart from Axie Infinity, people are actively playing League of Kingdoms, for example. Hmm. Um, we're also playing Formula One Delta Time, where yeah. we have an esports team that is just starting to race. And uh, apart from the games that we have invested in and are lending out NFTs to our player community, there's just a bunch of other games with the play to earn component that people are trying out and talking about and enjoying. Mm -hmm. 
So let's kind of dig into a bit of detail. I guess probably axes is the one to start with. So um, you need three axes in order to, to play the game. That, that's the, just the mechanic. That's you right. need, need a team of three. That's the minimum. And, and I was looking the other day, and obviously there's a whole bunch of work going on with their layer two, but, but with <laughs> with the Ethereum gas price is very high, it means it's people aren't breeding the axes. And I think we were it was over well over $100, actually, for, for just one axe at the moment. Um, so we have like an entry level of, of, of kind of, you know, multiple kind of $300. So you're talking about kind of lending axes. How, how does that kind of play out? How, how do how do we on the blockchain allow people to borrow axes off us to play, to play the uh, game? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, with, uh, with SLP, uh, because you, axes can earn SLP, it's starting to get obviously expensive to, mm -hmm. uh, to buy the axes and uh, also because of the high price of, uh, of ETH. So the practice that we started last year, which is to lend out axes to our player base, um, it's, it, the demand has only grown because the, it's become uh, prohibitive cost-wise to basically start to buy your own first three axes where they have a community manager that, that recruits and trains these players on how to play. The, the people that, uh, that play Axie Infinity are scholars or, or uh, they get 70% of the SLP that, uh, that they earn. 20% goes to their community manager and 10% goes to the guild. The guild uh, puts up all of the upfront costs, the, all of the gas fees. So all a player really has to do is uh, yeah, just start playing and earning. Mm -hmm. And how do you, in the blockchain space, we talk a lot about bad actors. So um, I guess you're just starting out, but what, mm -hmm. what mechanics do you have in place for people doing things they shouldn't be doing? Okay, so... One of the mechanics we have is that uh, people actually don't have access to the private key, to the axes that we're lending out. Mm -hmm. So they can log into the game by a username password, basically, and start interacting with the account, playing the game. But they can't run away with the axes that we lend them. So that's a critical part for us yeah. to be able to scale our lending operation is that we know that, uh, yeah, we're not going to lose the axes, right? Yeah. Um, does that... How, does that go against some T's and C's about sharing accounts? How how, how do you fit in into right. that? So uh, so for the Axie Infinity terms of service, basically one person has to pilot one account. So there's no problem lending out okay. as long as there's only one player playing playing in that account. So if there are people who are caught, uh, for example, playing with different accounts, then those accounts get banned and those axes get banned as well. So mm. they're like, time out. You can't play them on in the game for, for a while. Mm -hmm. Do you think, um, I mean, obviously it's very early days, um, you know, will, will, will games kind of start to allow this in a, in a bit more, you know, or, 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 or will you guys come up with kind of better tools for dealing with that? Because at the moment it sounds a little bit like, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're not handing over private keys, but you're handing over kind of some sort of access to the two accounts, which is um, right. obviously, obviously there can be malicious stuff or there can be just stuff that goes wrong. Um, um, so how, how, how are you, are you guys looking at that at all? Um, right. So in the short term, we're actually talking to a lot of other games that have seen the rise of play to earn in Axie mm. and kind of the, the relevance of, uh, I guess, coordinated guilds that have funds to deploy. Um, it, it's kind of still a new concept. Um, usually the, the ones with funds are typically like more like VCs that yeah. just buy or invest in the tokens and just basically sit until, uh, on, on these assets until the prices go higher. So we take a very active gameplay approach. So we're doing this in two ways. 
when the the games that we talk to are looking at some sort of lending and and guild based uh, accounts okay. in the mm-hmm. games that they are developing uh, because of the growth of Act Infinity. Second and longer term is that we're coordinating with uh, other game developers uh, with the Blockchain Game Alliance on an uh, an NFT rental standard on Ethereum. So this basically oh, cool. extends the the NFT ERC seven twenty one standard and wraps it in a rental contract so that yeah people can basically rent out their NFTs and the one that is uh, leasing it basically um, cannot sell it on OpenSea for example or mm-hmm. there are certain rules wherein they maybe have to pay by a certain time or else the owner gets it back is that not something that exists yet in the ERC seven twenty one standard but it's something that we want to push through as an industry because once we're able to pass this standard, I think NFT usage will will really shoot up when when you can safely rent an NFT out. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna just gonna share the screen. I'll just share the uh, the at uh, least people can see what the uh, <laughs> see see your website um, seeking you wow. across across the metaverse. Okay, <laughs> sign sign up for the uh, for the Substack as well. Um, yeah, that's that's a really good point because when when i first kind of got into kind of blockchain and, and gaming like you know three years ago pe- people used to talk actually I think, a lot more about kind of you know renting out swords and, and it's it a big tournament you might want to rent out this kind of thing for the tournament and and yeah and while i could see technically you could do that i couldn't really see quite i couldn't really see that being a, a big thing and maybe it's just just me um i just to me i guess we've never had rental in in games so it'd be a new, mm-hmm. a new behavior for players to, to, to understand. But from this point of view, where it's basically what you're saying is you're basically you're pooling, um, you know, a, a kind of various accounts or various uh, assets in, into a, into yeah. a, you know, into a structure and you're renting them out because not, not, not to win an individual event, but just because people, more people want access um, to those things yeah. to play in games. That makes total sense. I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what blockchain was kind of created to, to um, enable these very novel use cases which which allow uh, a totally different kind of economic uh, behavior to, to come about yeah so if you think about it what we're doing is that we're matching capital and labor yeah um in a way wherein the labor can actually benefit from the upside so think mm. of a normal job where someone is paid maybe an hourly wage and then they're giving tools by the employer and uh, they don't have any equity or upside in in what they're earning. And if they stop going to work, they basically stop getting paid, right? The nice thing about play to earn in the instance of an Axie Infinity, for example, is that if there is upside to uh, what you're earning, you basically have access to that upside as well. And in exchange, you're not employees of the guild, definitely not. Like we, if you don't show up, you're not gonna get anything. But what we do is that we lend you the tools so that you can earn something for yourself with your skill with your time. And this is a lot more than you can say with basically any free-to-play game where the most you can probably get is like a few gems for, for clicking yeah. on an ad, right? So here, like, I'm not going to say that this is a replacement to your uh, daily wage or full-time job. Absolutely not. But you can actually get paid like a real amount of money for playing a game. Mm-hmm. And it does very, you know, whatever we think about like the gig economy, that very much fits into that sort of thing, which is people, yeah. you know, people have flexibility and they and they are taking you know on any individual day might be taking multiple jobs they may be stopping for a period of time they may be you know there's a flexibility there which obviously has downsides but equally um kind of kind of has upsides uh, and, and I, I i say this kind of in a 
in slightly a, a kind of ridiculous fashion, but like, but it is kind of interesting. I wonder what Marx, Karl Marx, would think of it because it is just kind of, you know, whenever you talk about capital and labor, that's always, um, uh-huh. you know, that's always kind of that's the basis of <laughs> Marxism that the the capitalist system is is kind of rigged against the workers. But and I'm not saying blockchain is going to kind of solve the world's economic problems, but but you start to see an idea how it does disrupt um, in conjunction with kind of online working and, and and that sort of thing. But as soon as you have a yeah a a, a economic system where stuff can be uh, owned and and secured and trusted uh, and can't be double spent then, then you allow particularly you know it's interesting you guys in the philippines but it allow it allows a a a really kind of a you know uh, potentially spectacular um, increase of of kind of wages in in, in lower wage countries um, i don't think it i don't think it drops down the wages in, in higher wage countries i think it really brings the brings the bottom up because suddenly the economic system is now available to anyone where previously they've been locked out for structural reasons so so without getting too over the top i think, <laughs> I think this sort of stuff this sort of stuff is really it's, it's kind of super important for, for kind of kind of kind of world economics really Maybe I'm getting yeah, too yeah, far. Absolutely. I'm getting too far, so, Gabby. <laughs> no, no, no. I've, I've thought of this a lot. And one of the backlash against, for example, an Uber is that um, it's uh, like once a person stops earning, like they stop getting their hourly wage and they have nothing and they don't yeah. even have insurance. They don't have unemployment, right? Um, what if these Uber drivers were basically paid in Uber stock instead of an hourly wage? So this is the equivalent. Um uh, when you're looking at a token-based economy, like we're doing with Axie Infinity, for example, um, you, you, you're earning something, you still have the upside. And one of the things that blockchain is really good at is basically uh, incentive alignment via token ownership yep. and combine that with uh, asset ownership of NFTs. So the people who are playing Axie Infinity and uh, basically waking up and playing with their Axies every day, they don't wake up and say, oh, do I do I want to play this or not? They're like, okay, I want to earn my 200 SLP, 300 SLP today. And like, I'm good. So it's actually more like like driving your Uber to work, except that you're driving your Axie to earn SLP. Mm-hmm. And I guess another, you know, that because they're earning a cryptocurrency, they can obviously choose to to kind of sell it straight away and get and get like a, you know, a local currency or, a, you know, a, presumably the stable coins or, or however that kind of, that kind of um fear out system works or as you say they you know they could they could save some of it keep it in the crypto space go and get another token go and you know they don't have to be um you know you go go and earn you know fairly simply 10 percent interest on on a d on a, right. a fairly i mean it's not without risk but you know a DeFi dap's going to give them 10 percent um you know f- fairly straightforwardly without taking on too much weird kind of token tokenomics um and then suddenly not only are they kind of you know sort of more in control of their work life and playing a game but also it's maybe fixed some of the problems they have about you know not being banked and not having very secure kind of banking and, and having cash around and stuff and and suddenly yeah they've got they've got effectively like a savings account and if they want to get really funky they can yeah start doing margin trading i shouldn't suggest people no one should do margin <laughs> trading but, but 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 there are probably some great people in the philippines yeah. who if you gave them the tools to do margin trading would be like billionaires so the problem the problem <laughs> yeah the problem is that at the moment they can't get access to those things and it's all the all, all the kind of hot shots in in wall street or wherever where clearly we know talents around around the world and it's just the kind of opportunity to get it so you know i think i'm probably yeah i think going too far but <laughs> no 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 that that's great so one of the common patterns that we're seeing is that when we, we onboard players as scholars, first they do it to put some food on the table, have you know, get some basic needs met. And then after a while, they actually don't 
withdraw their SLP as often. They kind of save it and wait until there's a spike in price yeah. until they withdraw. So that means they're actually starting to get an investment mindset. Mm-hmm. And once they have the basic needs covered, they do things like they sell their SLP and buy AXS, which is the governance token, which, mm-hmm. which is kind of as more like, uh, like equity features than a play-to-earn token, right? Or they buy land. And, you know, the land in Axie is getting quite expensive, but in League of Kingdoms, one of the, our lands were available for $80. And then suddenly, like, uh, like you're a landowner in a game. So one of the mottos that we have is that we're turning gamers into investors. So there's a huge part of financial literacy there in the form of uh, just playing games. And yeah, it has such a huge impact on these people. And I think in the West, people don't see that impact as much because, you know, like at least a lot of people have, have some access to money. They are banked. They may or may not have a lot of money, but they are at least banked at the very least. So just this kind of phenomenon where people are doing financial literacy by playing these uh, play-to-earn games and actually learning how to save for themselves for their future is uh yeah it's it's really amazing to see. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess there probably are other guilds out there like this, or, or the other ones starting off because it's such a great idea. But you guys, obviously, in the first, you got five thousand people signed up. I mean, you guys have quite a kind of power base in the industry sort of already so how how, how are you thinking of using that because obviously i mean you're a game developer yourself you've developed blockchain games you know are you, are you uh, uh, i imagine you, your community is quite highly valued <laughs> for people say can you come and play our game please yeah so um so the interesting thing is we've started talking to a lot of other developers in being able to invest in assets in the game and when i say invest not only in the NFT assets in the game, like land or armor, but also in the governance token. So interestingly, we've found ourselves investing in like early stage VC rounds where we're not a VC. We're actually not putting in a lot of money compared to the VCs of that these, uh, these, uh, these funds are coming in. But uh, these game developers value us in their investment rounds because we bring a lot more than money. Like everyone has a lot of money. We bring players, we bring community, and actually that's something that no other VC can can give to these uh, other developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating how, how the, you're morphing from what became a kind of a sharing of a few axes into this, again, banging on the blockchain thing. This is, this is kind in, of how... In three months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, do you, how, how many of these games do you think can, can um, you know, you mentioned a few. How, how many can there be? So we've got Axie. That's pretty well, you know, regarded. I mean, you've been a, 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 you know, mm-hmm. heavily involved in that for a number of years. We've got F1 Delta Time, which is um, probably a bit more of a of a high rollers thing. Is my kind of view on that. It's more um, of an esports game yeah. than a farming game, if you know what I mean. You need, you need like a higher investment to get into that one. I think would that be right? Higher I mean, investment, and you're you're you have to place to earn rewards. So like you have to be like kind of like up placed near the top, I guess. Le- the, leaderboard based, whatever bracket. Yeah. yeah. So, so we have an esports team there, not uh, not basically a farming team. Okay. Mm. How how many games do you think you could could kind of sustain with your kind of present level? I mean, obviously, I guess it, it depends on what games people are interested in. You can't really <laughs> force them to to play games yeah. that interesting. But... So, so the interesting thing about what we're doing is it's community led. Mm. So there's a lot of games in our Discord server. We we didn't invest in all of them, but our guild members play all of them. And uh, because our, our guild members play a lot of games, we actually get to identify the ones that, number one, have a 
good play to earn uh, economic loop mm-hmm. and second like in uh, investments that we can basically buy into and then lend to our player base so that's how we evaluate uh, investing in in the game so it's like like we play a lot of different games but there's actually a much smaller criteria of games that we can invest into mm-hmm. and how, how big I mean, also, you know, Discord has, you know, uh, for me, becomes quite chaotic quite quickly. So how are you doing 5,000 people is mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Obviously, lots of different kind of channels in there. Um, yeah. is, there a, is, is there a kind of a, a size which you can, a size beyond which you can't operate? Or, or, you know, do you have, I don't know how, what happens when you break break off and have children? Okay. <laughs> children. Guild or something. No, no that's, a, that's a question. So we, so uh, the goal of Yield Guild actually is to basically become a, a DAO of DAOs. And this is something that I have to explain because it's yeah. a concept that I actually have never seen in the blockchain space before. So the problem with a guild that gets big is that it gets too crowded, right? Like there's yeah. so many people and you kind of lose agency at the individual level because uh, like there's just so many people around. You're not sure what you're doing matters. So what we're doing is that each game is actually its own little community, its mm. own little sub-DAO Okay. And when I say sub-DAO, we take the wallet containing the assets, containing the yield that produces, and we uh, tokenize this into its own token, basically representing the assets we have. And uh, so we tokenize it in the way that Niftex shards NFTs, for example, and we, we sell the token at cost of the assets to, uh, to the players uh, that are actively playing the game. So this is kind of the labor part of the equation. The people who are actively playing the game they are basically like like employee stockholders except mm. that uh, like they're not paid a daily wage they actually kind of own the equivalent of equity in our assets in the game and basically the better that they manage it they run it on their own then the larger their holdings grow right so so now we've only tokenized our wallet in league of kingdoms mm-hmm. we're going to do that in axi we're going to do that in f1 delta time we're going to do that in sandbox so you see the people who are most interested in a particular game gravitating towards that game, receiving those sub-tokens, so like YGG, LOK token, YGG, Axie token, and they're basically equity holders of our kind of stake in those games. So I think this is a structure that can scale. Mm-hmm. I don't see that anybody has done it before, but uh, yeah, we sure hell as we, we're going to try. Yeah, you've built an incredible amount of stuff. I'm amazed, really, <laughs> how, how far you've gone down. Um, so, and obviously, the reason you can do this is because is you're running on on a on a permissionless blockchain. You're running on Ethereum. The games you play are on Ethereum, mm-hmm. or maybe on layer twos now. Um, so, uh, obviously, the cost of the cost of business on Ethereum is now very expensive. Um, yeah, it, I, I imagine you're you're not um, kind of religiously uh, inclined towards Ethereum. It's just where stuff is. Um, and it's just where a lot of the tools are. I mean, how quickly do you think you go cross-chain? Do you just kind of follow the games? Um, or uh, I guess yeah, cross-chain? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. We, fo- we do follow the games. So yeah. we've looked at games that are on Matic, that are on Solana, for example. Okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're blockchain agnostic. I think the, the kind of core DAO uh, framework will live on kind of Ethereum and a uh, 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 sidechain solution like, mm-hmm. uh, like Matic. Um, but uh, yeah, we can we can invest in games across different chains. Okay, good, good. Okay, well that was a good overview of that. While I've got you here, um, I think I, I would like to chat a little bit about art, which is actually what our podcast was uh, what about last time. And and I guess since that time, um, you, you've, you've I don't know, you, I mean, you've you've become quite a uh, 
an art collector, you know, a, 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 a particularly good a spend, a spender, yeah, a spender. Yeah, but it's been interesting. So, so a lot of the, you know, um, you know, a lot of the focus has been around these very big, high, high cost NFTs and and, and bleeple and all that sort of, you know, very high end stuff where the, the big whales come in um, and and kind yeah. of like like to sh- sort of show off a little bit. That's kind of part of what they're doing. Um, but you've you've been very much and very committed to kind of finding. Um, you know, finding people, new people coming on, and and, and taking a, a slightly different approach. So, is that just because that's that's the the art that you like? Um, is there a more kind of altruistic kind of kind of bent to what you're trying to do? Can, <laughs> can you give us a bit of an overview on your your view on crypto? Sure. Art? Well, I, I think part of that is a uh, budgetary uh, because like I don't have like 20, 30 ETH to spend around on on single artworks, but. A big part of it is kind of my philosophy on like why I'm in blockchain as well. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that Yield Guild is basically helping people, turning them from gamers into investors, mm-hmm. I apply the same uh, philosophy to investing in my crypto art where I like to discover the up-and-coming artists that you know that are pretty good, they're talented, but they haven't made a name for themselves, are yet undiscovered. And I can basically help fund their early works by buying their... Uh, yeah, buying their artwork and kind of helping them along to, to kind of build a name for themselves. And, you know, it's it's not 100% altruistic. Of course, if they make it, then I'll be able to resell some of the works later on at a much higher price. But more than that, this is really the, the part of the space that I enjoy, just finding the kind of the, the raw hidden gems and just kind of helping them along their journey and like see them blossom into stars someday. Have you have you got into the um, the, the state yet of, of sort of uh, you know buying buying stuff up and then kind of actively trying to resell it to kind of not to, to make money yourself but also to, you know because you're buying stuff and then to raise the artist up that you know if it's yeah. I don't know if you're at the stage yet where people go they probably do like oh Gabby bought a whole bunch of my stuff and now he's selling it and now the price he's because he's owned it and people looked are interested to see what you're buying and then you put it at a higher price and then you you you're kind of starting the kind of price discovery for some of these artists is that something is that something you've done as a so, business head-on or is it still a bit more sort of uh i think my effect has been uh less than what you said but uh, <laughs> okay. there are definitely have been some artists i've collected whose prices have gone a lot higher than mm-hmm. when i started collecting them like i won't take full credit for that but one of my, the artists that uh that i work with daniela atfield she's a 22 year old south african artist uh, I bought up a lot of her work for basically around one ETH and under. And now she's selling works regularly for five ETH. I sold one of her works that I owned for four and a half last month. And yeah, it's just amazing to see kind of she's found her next batch of collectors that will take her to the next level. So she's now minting less, like focusing mm-hmm. on quality, less in quantity. And her early works are still accessible. They're still being snapped up by basically collectors who have lower budget. So it's just great all around to see these artists being to make a sustainable living from, from the art that they do. Mm-hmm. Good. And, and more generally, I mean, you've been around blockchain uh, longer than me. Um, how, how do you see the, the current situation? Obviously, everyone's generally happy. <laughs> <laughs> now 2021 has been has been um, a good a good year oh. to be in it. But I guess aside from pricing, do, do you think we've, we've, we've started that kind of... Um, perception a flick of perception um more generally that people don't go well bitcoin's all about kind of kind of terrorism and 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 kind of uh (laughs) 
Silk Road and and, and NFTs are not are not. Yeah, you know, I've just snapped. I've just screenshot your NFT. Have, have we moved beyond <laughs> that? I mean, how far have we moved beyond that? Is it is this is it is it uphill all the way? Is it is it up all the way now? Or how how kind of a nuance should we be about kind of where the space what, is? What's interesting is that uh, NFTs have actually broken out into its own category. So it started wherein you know there's uh, currency like Bitcoin. Or uh, or ETH, and then there's DeFi, which basically you know you can do some magical things with uh, trading and liquidity. And NFTs is kind of seen as kind of like uh, I guess inferior to that before. Like you know you, you can trade it for such big sums. Um, but now uh, NFTs are basically crypto media. People are minting media on it, whether it's a painting, it's a video, it's a piece of music. And uh, it's escaped from its own crypto bubble into basically the cultural trendsetters. And a lot of this has to do with basically both Twitter and Clubhouse, where the cool people actually started minting NFTs. And because of that, the people who follow the trends are starting to buy them. And then now uh, celebrities are buying, celebrities are making uh, their own NFTs, which means pop culture cannot be that far behind. You have actually seen some celebrities doing it already. So, yeah. It's, re- it's really interesting to see that like people thought that Bitcoin would be the reason to get mass adoption, but it is actually, I think, NFTs that are first going to get us there. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot less abstract. How, how do you think blockchain gaming um, is kind of faring? It seems to have, you know, certainly not in, in, in really in, in anyone's focus at the moment, although there are kind of obviously NFTs are a key part of that, but, but um, it seems, seems we, haven't, we haven't certainly had... A breakout game yet i guess yeah i think it's going to be a slower grind because you kind of have to uh, demonstrate that a game works in an ecosystem that can live on for years mm. it's easier to appreciate a collectible right like crypto punks where you can appreciate the i guess the aesthetics and the scarcity and the traits for what they are without them having to exist in a larger context it's the same thing as art like the art is the art mm. and like uh, of course, you can hang them on a virtual wall or whatever, but yeah. you buy the art for what it is. With a game item, it really has to work within the context of the game, and that's a lot harder to value than a collectible yeah. or a piece of art. So yeah. I think it's going to be harder, and you're going to need basically several breakout games that break into the hundreds of thousands to millions of DAU for yeah. the industry to actually take notice. And interestingly, NFTs are now at the point where it started crossing over in consciousness to, I, I would say, the mass market. Like most of them have never touched it, but they start hearing these weird things like, you know, Neon Cat selling for however much money or uh, like people um, selling for $6.6 million. And you're starting to see the culture clash between, you know, the people who were basically in NFTs looking for uh, basically disintermediate the middleman or find freedom for artists. But when the, the mass media or when the mass artists actually start hearing about it, you see a lot of, I would say, outright rejection or hate or misunderstanding because they don't quite understand what it represents. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's, there still is a, it takes, I guess everyone has, has a kind of a, I think everyone has to have sort of an individual journey of kind of 
understanding something of the concept. Maybe we all understand something slightly different, and we don't have to fully understand the uh, the uh, twenty one million sort of sort of uh, yeah. algorithm sort of thing for Bitcoin to understand kind of the blockchain sort of thing. And and I, and I think it's been I found it interesting that yeah, there's some people who I knew you know who, who who kind of got into Bitcoin, but they wouldn't touch anything else. And now they they suddenly take that next step, and then they're going, "What's this NFT thing?" So I think it, you know even. Uh, maybe for right. some of us, some of us who just kind of fell straight into it and just like, oh yeah, yeah, I kind of get it. Um, and other people is a very kind of a, like a like a like a, a steps kind of yeah. You, know, you have to go with the first step to get to the second step to get to the third step. But um, yeah, and I guess there'll be down there'll be down steps as well. I guess we're still seeing a little bit now with this kind of N- NFTs uh, destroying the planet by using all this electricity. Seems to be <laughs> a, a very strong meme, which is kind of you know it's interesting. You talk yeah. about Bitcoin and now it's like, well, you can't buy these NFTs because they're destroying the planet. Which you know, I mean currently you, you, there is it's not like there's no argument there but uh um yeah okay well i think i will i will leave it there um i know you're a busy man and we covered a lot of stuff and certainly i found that uh, really interesting so um maybe we can come back and you can be number f- have your fir- your your fifth <laughs> appearance <laughs> when when yield, yield has taken over the the, uh, the world but i think no i think it's quite a lot to unpick there and i, I think it is a, a great demonstration of of how um kind of blockchain does 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 allow some of these features that I don't know whether they were features that you sat down with a piece of paper and said, we can do this, we can do this, or whether they kind of emergent from you do something and then you go, Oh, we can do this and then do that. I guess. You know. Well, I think a lot of the core concept actually comes from, you know, the, the concept of the metaverse from science fiction. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who actually came to blockchain has, has read about the metaverse uh, at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think that we are at the very early stages of the metaverse where, we have virtual worlds that can have interlinked economies because the economies are sitting on uh, a blockchain, a global compute computer, basically where you can exchange value for value. Mm. And you know, while it's still very early, I think we're actually seeing the beginnings of of the metaverse here. And I think it's very important to build upon that. Um, and yeah, that's that's what we're doing at at Yield Guild. Mm. And if people want to get involved, I guess Discord is the place to go. Yeah, absolutely. Discord.gg slash YGG and show up, pick a game and start playing with us. Cool. Easy as that. Lovely. Thank you very much for your time, Gabby. Good to talk to you as ever. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for having me for the fourth time. <laughs> and uh, thanks <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for you watchers and, and listeners um, for uh, coming back to see what's going on with Blockchain Gaming World, where uh, we are talking to the people who are making this, this incredible new uh, kind of uh, type of gaming and, and, and wider Uh, implications as well so please subscribe um, either through youtube or through your podcast of choice Um, and uh, come back next time see what's going on in the world of blockchain games goodbye